630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. 20 seconds to go. Wrist shot, save Talbot. Rebound, top of the blue paint. Wrist shot, Martinez, save Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the net. 12 seconds, wrist shot, Martinez. Save made by Cam Talbot. And here come the Oilers, 2 on 1 to win it. McDavid in for the left hand side. Dry subtle waits. There's the center pass. Left timer, score! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, as we roll into your Father's Day weekend, I can tell you that Jordan Eberle remains an Edmonton Oiler. If that changes in the next two hours, we will keep you updated. There is some Oilers news today. Jujar Kara gets a two-year contract extension, scored his first NHL goal this past season against the Arizona Coyotes. Jujar will join us later on in the show. We'll also recap a crazy preseason game for your Edmonton Eskimos. All they did was score 15 points in the final minute to earn a tie against Winnipeg. I I don't know if we're going to remember preseason games two or three months from now, but at the moment, that's all we have to talk about and it was pretty remarkable. Also tonight, between 7.30 and 8, you're going to meet uh, a man who recently won $10,000 by playing a video game. So yes, kids, you can live the dream. Thanks a lot for tuning in at 6.07. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad. We're going to start off tonight, though, with our uh, special Father's Day segment that we've now done for the last two years on the show. Leading into Father's Day weekend, we profile uh, an athlete-father-son uh, relationship, depending on uh, depending on who is who. And, uh, well, Larry, I'm not saying you're not an athlete, but the athlete of in the spotlight for this one is uh, Sam Steele, who, of course, uh, was the player of the year in the WHL drafted 30th overall in the first round by the Anaheim Ducks almost uh, exactly a year ago. Sam, great to see you in studio. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you doing? Doing very well. And Larry, you are Sam's dad. Thank you so much for coming in. How's life? Good, great. Thank you for inviting us. We appreciate it. Yeah, good to see you. Sam, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start with you. Um, how different does you know going into the third week of June feel this year as compared to last year when you went through the combine and you're on the verge of being drafted? Yeah, it's uh, a little bit less stressful. That's that's for sure. It's nice to you know know where you're at, know what's in the future, and uh, you know I'm happy with how everything happened. I mean, I mentioned you had a you were the player of the year in the dub. I got your stats here: uh, 131 points in 66 games. You were uh, plus 49. I'd like to see that at plus 50 next year. So I'll be the first one to set a goal <laughs> for you. No, I'm just yeah. giving you a hard time. But look, you, you guys, you you had a great season individually. Your team had a great year. I know you didn't quite extend the season as long as you you wanted to. But what clicked for you in the Regina Pats this past year? Uh, you know, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, we did, uh, you know, trade away some players a couple of years ago to get younger to, you know, try to peak this year or last year and, and the year coming up. So uh, I think, you know, just everything came together right. And, uh, you know, we have great coaches, great owners, and obviously uh, we, had, we had a lot of great players. And uh, like I said, things just came together and it was great. And the hosting Memorial Cup next May. So there's a, a huge season coming up for the Regina Pats as well. Larry, uh, I want to ask you a couple things here too. First of all, just 
uh, I'll just start with this most recent season. And I know you've seen Sam, Sam be a high-level hockey player for a long time, but to see him, you know, and I, I still think the best junior league in the world, to see him excel like that, just what was it like for you as a dad? Oh, it was uh, it was an amazing year to watch Sam to play the way he can play and, and have the success that he, he had last year. It was... Uh, a lot of hard work he did last summer training and working on the things he needed to to get to the next level and uh, to go to the games and watch and uh, just the guys he was playing with and the team he was playing with in the organization it, it was just a fun year to to go out to the games and, and watch Sam and the team be successful look you know millions of Canadian kids play hockey every year obviously uh, only a few of those wind up getting drafted and then making the NHL and, you know, I've done minor hockey segments and talked to parents and coaches, and they always say, you know, stress the kid having fun. But at the same token, you want your, your son or daughter to go as far as they can and, and reach their potential. When was it for you as a father you thought, geez, I don't know, I think he's, I think he's pretty good. Maybe, maybe he's got a shot. Maybe he, he can be a pro someday. When did that start to click or enter your mind? Well, I, I've actually said this before, but it was at a very, very young age. I think he was four or five years old. We started to notice this. there was something different there. It was just the hard work ethic that he had, the passion for the game, uh, you know, playing game the right way, just everything he did with the game of hockey. It was just he wanted more and more of it. And and uh, it didn't matter who called or wanted to play on this team or that team or go to a practice. He would just never say no. It's like, you know, Sam, would you like to go do this? Yes, let's go. Right. You know, he just wanted to keep doing more and more of it. And he, he just had a passion for the game and, and enjoy, really enjoys it and has fun with it. Sam, what are uh, what are your memories of, of connecting with hockey and it, it just being something you wanted to excel at? Uh, I think it's ever since I can remember. I always, like, like my dad said, I've always loved the game and, uh, you know, just wanted, had a passion to get better. And, uh, you know, growing up, I always watched NHL hockey and it was just something that I really wanted to to achieve. So, yeah, it was from a really young age. All right. So uh, wh- when did you first put skates on? You probably don't remember, Sam. Larry, you probably tied them. <laughs> yeah, he, we, had, we had an outdoor pond in front of our house and we dug a hole and it was about 110 feet long by probably 85 wide and he was skating on there at the age of two and you know when he was one and a half we were shooting pucks into the garage him and I we would shoot at uh, old milk bottles and we'd I'd hang one high and hang one low and he'd have to hit the one in the bottom 10 times and I'd have to hit the one on the top 10 times but we'd make it a competition but I'd always <clears throat> excuse me just make sure that he won the competition and then uh by the time he learned how to skate, the, the net was his best friend because he was used to putting pucks in the net. So, right. So he basically started skating at the age of two, and I think he played. He was playing organized hockey at three and a half. Okay, so you just not I just, that we wanted to put him there, but he was. De- he demanded that I want to play hockey this year. Dad. Well, see, that's the thing, right? And that's the yeah. and, and that's what I love talking to, to parents about, right? Because nobody wants to be the the, the pushy parent or yeah. the. No. I'm, he my kid really, He was. He wanted to be there badly. Do you remember that, Sam? Like, do you remember being that young and thinking I got to go do this? Or uh, is it kind of weird to hear one, that story? It's one of those memories where you just like it's it's weird how you remember it, but for some reason I remember it. I think I was, like you said like three and a half or something and we were sitting on the table doing registration for uh like initiation my, uh, my brother's team or something and i kept saying i, I wanted to play this year and he's saying no like i think we should wait another year 
you're younger than everybody else, but I, I guess I just convinced them. All right. I, I believe that uh, Dad just kind of ins- insinuated that uh, he made sure you would win the shooting competition when you were little. When did that stop happening? When did when do you think you legitimately started <laughs> hitting the targets better? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if he uh, if he let me back then either. So <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, he's always we've always shot pucks together and everything. So it's it's great. Larry, for you, um, you know when he when he got when he has to you know leave home, fifteen, sixteen, go play for Regina, again, as as a as a parent. He's pursuing the dream, but you're, you're losing him a couple, uh, you know, leaving home a couple years earlier than, than some kids leave. How, what was that like? I know you still watch the games and go see him play, but... Yeah, no, it's it's tough for sure. It's, uh, at the time, you know, we've always made it Sam's decision what, what he wanted to do. And, you know, he was drafted by Regina and they wanted him early. And, I, I you know, we missed him dearly, but, uh, you know, I think it's a lot harder on, on mom than it is, you know, dad for sure. But uh, it, it, it's tough to watch them go at that, that age and, and such a young age and just the things they have to do and go through and, and just to be on their own, just all of a sudden, you know, they're, they have to grow up real quick. What was that transition like for you, Sam? Um, I think it, it you know, it, it's obviously tough, but when you're surrounded by the guys every day and, you know, most of the guys are in the same situation, you kind of, you know, bond really quick and uh, it, it makes things a lot easier. All right, we got Sam Steele in studio, first-round draft pick of the Anaheim Ducks from last season. His dad, Larry, is here as well. Guys, we're going to take a break, but I want to talk about the, the backyard. I mean, you referenced the, the front yard rink, Larry, but now that's a more yeah. grander vision in the backyard. And, of course, Sam, I have to talk to you about the Anaheim Ducks because I know people locally wish you personally success. I'm not going to lie to you. Most people listening aren't a fan of that team right now. So we'll get to that <laughs> when we get back. It's Science okay. Sports on 630 Chet. Hey, this is Jordan Eberle from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Tough one for the Blue Jays so far. 8-2, they trail the White Sox. That's in the top of the fourth in Toronto. We'll talk a little more about uh, the Oilers. They signed Jujar Kerr to a new contract today as we move along. By the way, you can always text 630-630, the open line, 780-496-0063. Father's Day is Sunday. We have a father and son in studio. Larry Steele is Sam's dad. Sam drafted 30th overall by the Ducks. One year ago, he had an exceptional season for the Regina Pats. He was uh, the winner of the four Broncos trophy as the most outstanding player in the league. So, uh, Larry, you referenced you had a front yard rink. Now you have the backyard rink. Tell us a little bit about uh, about the backyard rink and, and having the Pats over the, when they make a visit to play the Oil Kings. Well, we had the, the pond out front for years and years, and uh, it was just too much maintenance. And there was a time when we were in the back... The family were cleaning the backyard up, and uh, we kind of went back there and looked and said, you know, I think we could put a rink back here. And Sam said, where? And I said, kind of right in here. We knocked the trees down and level out some, some land here, and we could put something there. And he said, how big would it be? And I said, well, I don't know. We'll just have to start clearing the land and see what we get. But we ended up with uh, the old NHL 185 by 85 rink. Okay. And uh, since then, it was, you know, it was a labor of love with the family and friends. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody kind of chipped in and, and it was built. 
and you know since then we've added to it and put glass up and that's amazing uh, a shack and and whatnot and and we were fortunate enough to have the Regina Pats here three times now three times you've had the team through so you guys Sam you guys do a little practice basically on your in your backyard or what do you do yeah we'll we'll do a little bit of practice and then uh just some shinny have some fun uh there's usually some hot dogs being cooked or something so <laughs> it's just a, a nice day to you know relax and almost you know be a kid again out on the outdoor rink that's awesome stuff so you were drafted by anaheim uh you did you grow up an oilers fan uh yeah yeah i did all right so what were those couple weeks uh in late april and early may like for you uh, yeah it's uh you know it it, you know, I, honestly, I was I was happy to see how well the Oilers were doing just because, you know, all the years that they've struggled, uh, not that I wanted them to win. Now that I'm, you know, uh, drafted with the Ducks, I wanted them to, you know, do the best that they did. But, uh, you know, I, I was definitely, uh, you know, it was good to see the how the Oilers performed. Yeah. But, I mean, now you're a Duck, right? So, you know you know where you're headed right so you gotta you gotta change affiliations pretty quick eh? yeah exactly it's uh yeah it's uh it is weird you know uh how 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 quickly things change like that larry what about for you were you still able to say well sam's not on the ducks yet so i could still cheer for the oilers people were asking me that (laughs) (laughs) and i was kind of saying you know i'm still an oilers oilers fan but uh on the same token if if you know either way i couldn't lose i don't think because If Anaheim won, Sam was he was down with the team right. after he left Regina, and they was going to keep him there until yeah, they won the Stanley Cup or they got eliminated. So, so it was. Uh, I'm still always an Oilers fan, but you know that's my passion will be with the Ducks now too. Sam, what was it like getting to be uh, around them a bit? Yeah, it was an awesome experience uh, just to see you know what it's like, uh, especially in that tense atmosphere in the playoffs. So it was a it was an awesome experience. Larry, got to give you credit. Uh, world's longest uh, hockey game put on by Brent Sake. How many yeah. times have you been in that? I've played in the last three games uh, with Brent and all the boys there, for sure. And you kind of insinuated, I'm just going to be a little more blunt than you were, you're, you're, still, you're still fatigued from the last game? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it takes, it takes a while to recover from that. Uh, I think I've worn my knees out on that. But, uh, right. It, it's just such a good experience for such a good cause and, and a great great bunch of guys for sure. Yeah, great for you to take part in that. Uh, Sam, uh, Tyler Benson, you guys have uh, been sort of linked obviously back, well, at least I know for, since, since your Bantam careers, maybe even earlier for the two of you. Uh, friendly rivalry, foes, how do you describe your relationship with Tyler? Yeah, we're good buddies. I was just skating with him a couple of days ago. So, uh you know, it's it's good to see all the success he's having, even though he's battled some injuries lately. But uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a good relationship with him, especially you know how great of a player he is. I, I I hate to do this because everybody's an individual, but for simplicity, I'll ask the question this way: For you know, I know a lot of fans have seen you in the WHL, but I I think we're going to see you grow into an NHL player here in the in the next couple of years. Who who do you compare yourself to, skill set wise, you know, attitude wise, or? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if I can pick one player. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough question. I try to just watch all the best players and see what they do and take a you know one or two things from their games. But I don't know if I can pinpoint one player. All right, yeah, we're right. we're getting short on time here. Uh, so Sam, with this is because it's Father's Day coming up on Sunday. You know, I don't want it to. 
I don't want you know I don't I'm not trying to get you too mushy, but I got to ask the question. Let people know your dad's biggest influence on you, whether you want to talk about it as a hockey player or as a person. Uh, well, I think it's it's both, but you know I think most importantly as a person, he you know he's always wanted me to do the right things, be polite, uh, take time for other people. Ever since I can remember, and I think that uh, you know it. It's uh, you know it's made me the person I am, and all those things I think relate to hockey too, just with work ec- worth, uh, work ethic and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm really uh, you know it's it's awesome to have a dad like that. Larry, what makes you most proud to be Sam's dad? Uh, I would have to say he's a, as good of a hockey player that he is. He's a better person, and he really is. He's just he does all the right things for the right reasons. And he tries to live his life the right way, and he plays the game the right way. So he, he gets it in, in life and in hockey, and I'm very proud of that. And, and everybody that knows Sam is proud of that also. Well said. Guys, I really appreciate you coming in. I hope, uh, I hope we can talk again. I know, Sam, you and I are going to be talking again for sure yeah. <laughs> as your career continues. Uh, all the best uh, this summer and with Regina next season and, and Anaheim and wherever things take you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Larry, thanks Thank to you, you as well. Much. Thank you very much. Sam Steele, Larry Steele for our Father's Day segment here on Inside Sports. It's 627. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, you know, I just got a text about the nudes from Sheldon who says, Reed, if the Oilers do trade one of their $6 million guys, it unfortunately has to be Hopkins. Pittsburgh and Boston had to. That's the real reason Sagan and Stahl had to go. Too much money for third-line centers. Trade Everly, you still need that winger, and you're tied up with three highly paid centers. RNH is in a bad spot on a team with two top five players in the league ahead of him. No matter how good he gets, he cannot pass them. Eberle just has to keep his top seven right winger in the league status. That is from Sheldon. Sheldon, I know what you're saying. You make good points. I just think that the guy to go is going to be Eberle. Uh Obviously, we've talked about it on this show. It's been discussed ad nauseum on uh, many shows in the city and across the country. And, uh, you know, you have a lot of uh, national reporter type guys saying that something is going to happen. I know some people thought it was going to happen today. It still could. There is a roster freeze in the NHL tomorrow afternoon. So... That would mean no trade until after the phrase is uh, after the uh, freeze is lifted after the expansion draft. So we'll see. Um, uh, I, I think it was David Stables this afternoon wrote uh, something like expect an underwhelming return for Everly. That may be the case. It may be another trade where you think, oh, that's I thought we would get more. But I I, I do think he's going to be traded. I I just think uh, like I was saying the other night. I just read into how complimentary Shirelli and McClellan were of Everly after the season. They 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 really, you know, dug deep to find good things. I mean, not that there aren't good things to say about him, but they brought up some stuff like how many how many touches he has, you know, and that he worked on his power game, like stuff like that. That wasn't something that was discussed a lot on shows like this with fans like you, and and then you factor that in that just uh, you know the 
uh, I mean, you know, there have been reports that six, seven teams are, are in the mix. I know the Islanders have been a strong possibility. So I, I do think that'll happen, Sheldon. I, I, underst- I understand you're arguing about the Nuge, but I, I just think it's going to be Everly. And that's that something that could play out, uh, who knows, right away or maybe in the next couple of weeks. 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Great to have Sam Steele and his dad Larry in studio. Sam with a bright future. Huge season for the Regina Pats. Uh, I think he'll have a chance to be a world junior this coming year. And then his Pats will host the Memorial Cup next May. So he's a, a young local guy to follow. Absolutely, though, as, as we brought up, he's playing for a team you necessarily aren't cheering for. Uh, since he is property of the Anaheim Ducks. The Oilers have a first-round pick, and we'll have live coverage of the first round on 6.30, Chad, one week from today, and then rounds two through seven next Saturday morning. The Oilers don't have a second-round pick. That went to Boston for Peter Shirelli as compensation for him come to the Oilers. They have two third-round picks. They have St. Louis's from the Yakupov trade. They have a fourth-round pick, two-fifths, they got one from Vancouver for the Philip Larson trade. Remember him in February 2016. Then they have their sixth rounder and uh, their seventh rounder. White Sox leading the Blue Jays 8-2 in the top of the fifth. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock at Ellerslie. Little rugby. Canada against Romania. Big match. Canada tuning up to play the States coming up over the next couple of weekends to try to qualify for the Rugby World Cup in 2018. FC Edmonton will play at San Francisco, 8 o'clock tomorrow. U.S. Open leaderboard looks this way. Paul Casey, Brian Harmon, Tommy Fleetwood, Brooks Kepka all tied for the lead at 7 under par. Ricky Fowler, who shot a 65 yesterday, he's one off the lead. He was a 1 over 73 today. Your scoreboard is presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can visit crystalglass.ca. And, of course, last night you were listening to this on 630, Chad. He gets it to Klein, pulls it down, gets it to Grice, and Grice gets a second crack at it and gets it into the end zone. Touchdown Eskimos. Here's the short kick by Sean White. It goes up in the air, and the Eskimos might have got that. The Eskimos may have just executed the short kick to perfection. Looks like it to me. Yeah. Klein waits for it. It's a bad snap, but he picks it up and throws, and he's going to the end zone. Oh! He got it. He caught it and then got hit, and they're calling it a touchdown. The the contact came after the catch was made, and the Eskimos are a two-point convert away from tying this game. John Harris by 15 at one point. Klein's in the shotgun. There's the snap. He'll give it to Grice. He's in. Two-point convert is good. And the Eskimos will tie this game. It's going to feel like a win, but it's really a tie for the Eskimos as they come back from down a lot to make it a 38-38 game with nine seconds to go. So that's how it ended. Two uh, exciting preseason games for the Green and Gold. They lost by one to Calgary. They went for a two-point convert late. Last night, they go for a two-point convert late to get the tie. 38-38 against the Bombers. The uh, Eskimos open the regular season next Saturday at BC. We'll have that one for you on 6.30. Chad, uh, Eskimos analyst Dave Campbell joining us on the line now. Dave, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Nice to be back uh, back home. And I, I heard it was a really nice time out at the, 
uh, at the Santa Anonymous Golf Tournament. So uh, I know you were a part of it. So that's uh, that's really cool news there. So I'm glad uh, everyone had a good time. Lana Nordland, Executive Director for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, the Gary Dreger Memorial Golf Classic, raising over twelve thousand dollars for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. A great day. Uh, so many co-workers helped to set it up uh, last night and this morning. And thanks to everybody who took part as well. We're so proud of that. Dave, you were covering the Eskimos last night. My goodness. I mean, I know we say it's only a preseason game, and and, and fair enough. But 15 points in the final minute. I mean, what happened? Uh, well, you know, I think, first of all, I think the two preseason games, you know, for preseason games were pretty exciting. You know, to have those type of finishes and, and you know, have it go right down to the wire and pretty much, you know, almost the last play last night and then pretty much the last play against Calgary St. Peter. Even though the Eskimos didn't win one of those games, um, you know, to, to come out with a tie yesterday it felt like a win for sure. So, you know, when you get into the fourth quarter, it's, you know, major substitutions. You're looking at your depth. You're looking at your hopefuls, your rookies that are trying to make the football team. You know, the coaching staff's trying to get that one final look at the, at a certain player or players that may be on the bubble or, you know, those that are trying to cement their, their spot on the team. And it, it's really scrambling. And I'll tell you, it, it, it made it for an entertaining game yesterday, even though it was really scrambling. But, you know, that's the result of, you know, a game where you have, you know, the, the flow just, you know, gets, uh, you know, you, you, you just get these runs of, you know, just crazy plays in a row there. And, um, you know, it, it almost is like a like an 8-7 hockey game, you know, back in the day in the 80s when, you know, you and I, uh, you know, really started watching the, the NHL and how those crazy games that the Oilers were involved in. But, um, but you know, I, I think it was just, you know, it was just a result that there was a lot of new players and there was a, a lot of uh, battles for spots and, you know, when you when you have players that haven't, you know, played the, the pro game up in Canada in the CFL, you know, but that that kind of happens. So often it doesn't happen that way. In, I mean, there was almost 400 yards of penalties, um, but I was really happy it went the way it did because usually, you know, you can see a lot of two and out, you see a lot of misexecution, but there was a lot of plays made in that fourth quarter, and I think throughout the football game, it was a lot of fun. All right, so. I think with the quarterback depth chart, obviously Riley's one, Franklin's two. Now, Zach Klein made quite an impact because he had one completion for a 90-yard touchdown against Calgary. And then yesterday, he's the quarterback at, uh, at the end of the game and has some pretty good numbers, 10 for 17. So, I mean, a decent uh, completion percentage. Maybe you'd like it to be just over 60 instead of just below 60. Do you think he's nosed ahead of Danny O'Brien, or how do you think it looks right now? You know, I think Danny O'Brien is going to be the number three quarterback, and I think Zach Klein would not surprise me if he is uh, if he makes a team, but they place him on the practice roster. This is a this is a kid I think that if you're the Eskimos, you really highly consider keeping around. And why do you keep Danny O'Brien as a third quarterback? You know, he's experienced, he knows the system, he's a good locker room guy, and also he's the holder for Sean White and Ryan King in the field goal department, that might not seem like a big deal, but to them it's a huge deal. Uh, to head coach Jason Moss, it's a big deal. And both Sean White and Ryan King like Danny O'Brien as the holder. He's really worked well at it. He's worked hard at it. He wants to get better at it. And I think there's you know, there's a danger of putting the cart before the horse. And the Eskimos, and you mentioned that the, the top two quarterbacks are Mike Riley and James Franklin. That's that's one and two, and a lot of people think that James Franklin could be a 1A. 
So I think at the same time, my son Noah is making an appearance on the show. Uh, but it's <laughs> but but to me, Daniel Bryan makes the most sense to to leave as your number three quarterback. It makes sense to me to have Daniel Bryan as your number three quarterback, and you know he has the experience. Just that line the, the time if he does stay, and I I certainly hope that he does and stays in the practice roster. Give him time to develop and and groom, and hopefully the Eskimos have. You know, they found a quarterback of the future, perhaps, or someone that could, you know, maybe back up Mike Riley, depending on what happens to James Franklin, and you know, in the off season in uh, in 2018. So, but to me, I think it makes sense to go Riley, Franklin, O'Brien as your one, two, three, and hopefully they can be flying around. Dave, I think one of the big question marks for the Eskimos in the off season and into the preseason is the secondary, which was also a question mark for the team. Well, I think the question was answered that it was kind of a weakness on the team. Obviously, uh, there were some guys banged up in training camp. Uh, I mean, the Bombers had about 350 passing yards yesterday. Every quarterback was able to move the ball through the air. They played three guys as well. Give me a sense of the state of the Eskimos secondary here now that we're on the uh, verge of the regular season. Well, I think right now... You have a secondary when you talk about the starting group that is injured right now. You know, Marcel Young is is, is injured. He hasn't he didn't play yesterday. Uh, looks like he will be ready possibly for next week in Vancouver. So that would be good news if that happens. But you know, you don't have Forest High Tower uh, around probably until maybe even the bye week uh, with his injury. And then after that, you know, you got Johnny Adams and Gary Peters on one side, Neil King's at safety, you got Brandon Thompson who's going to play on the strong side. Then after that, you're not sure who's going to play that corner. And right now it looks like it's, uh, if Marcel Young can't come back, if, if he makes the team, it's all on a knee to look better than he did a year ago. Bobby played well at times yesterday, uh, was uh, really good in space, really closed well on, on receivers. And uh, I thought his tackling was really good. And he got a sack, for goodness sake. Breaking news. In this Mike Benavides run defense, the defensive back actually had a sack. So, you know, that tells me that Mike Benavides is a little bit more comfortable with what he has and has players that know the system. So maybe he can play a few more games up front. But there were a lot of yardage, a lot of yardage by quarterbacks of, of, that were wearing blue bomber colors yesterday against that secondary. A lot of these guys are either going to be on the practice roster or they're not going to play because they're going to be released. So I think the, the, the secondary is still a concern. I still think it's the weakest link. But there are some signs I saw yesterday. I thought their in-space play was better. I thought their tackling was better. And Reed and I talked about it you know, almost ad nauseum last year, how much they gave up so much yardage and the defenders were so slow to close the gap and their tackling was at times horrid. So... But I saw those two things improve yesterday. So I think that the secondary is just a bit of a mishmash right now because of injury. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, they're going to play the BC Lions next week in Vancouver with John Jennings as the quarterback. And you got, you know, Manny Arsenal and Brian Burnham. And that's a pretty talented receiving core. So that secondary, you know, you hope it's going to be better than last year. And they're banking on it. All right, Dave. And before I let you go, offensive side of the ball uh, I mean there are some pretty good numbers uh, all around I mean obviously tons of guys touched the ball because it was a preseason game but uh, you know Dekeo Williams uh, and, and three more catches 53 yards he got a touchdown what about this Ladarius Perkins at running back where does he sit he had six carries for 72 yards you know we, I was talking with uh, about this with uh, Morley Scott and with uh, Jerry Monaghan who uh, writes for both media and covered the Eskimos and travels with the uh, 
uh, with us as well for the Edmonton media contingent covering the Eskimos. And who do you cut? Uh, who stays? Like, is, is it Perkins or is it Marion Dykes? And I, I bring up Marion Dykes because he did score three touchdowns in three games. So he was productive. But when you look at Perkins, you see a, a really strong downhill runner that really, once he gets through the hole between the tackles, he's very forceful. He's very quick through the hole. The Dice, I think, you know, he's not as quick, but he did some good things as well. So, uh, to me, I would give, honestly, even though he scored three touchdowns, I'd give the, the slide edge to Perkins. Um, then you got Trayvon Van, who didn't dress yesterday, but you got to think that he's a guy that they're going to keep around. Kendall Lawrence is a guy I think they're going to keep around. Um, and then you mentioned the Gil Williams in the receiving game. I think he's got a spot. Then after that, it becomes a little bit muddy. You know, uh, Brian Mitchell, I thought, had a good game. I thought so did Larry, uh, Larry Cobb. I thought so did John Harris. So, you know, I think there's going to be on film that the coaching staff will dissect the, the film, obviously. And, and, you know, this is the point where you maybe start to nitpick as far as who you keep. But, you know, when Jason Moss said yesterday on our post-game show that in the 15, 17 years he's been involved in the CFL, this is the deepest team he's been involved with. So he's going to the regular season, you know, with this group if you want, if he had the, if he had the choice, but if he had the uh, ability to do so, but you can't because you've got to cut down by tomorrow uh, at 8 o'clock at night uh, to uh, 46 on your active and on the practice roster and set your injury list. So there's a lot of tough decisions, I think, on offense in the running back team and in the receiving core, and I think it's good. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for what the roster is going to look like. Dave, I'll let you get back to being a dad. Happy Father's Day. Thank you very much, Reed. Have a good night. Our Eskimos analyst, Dave Campbell, checking in a brief cameo from his son, Noah, who is always welcome on the show, especially as his English improves. And uh, pretty high praise there from head coach Jason Moss, the deepest Eskimos team he's ever been a part of. Well, he played on a couple that won great cups, so hopefully that's where this season is headed. Inside Sports on 630 Ched, you can always text me at 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. I do not have any Oilers trades to tell you about. They did uh, get a contract extension done with Jujar Kara, who's going to join us in about 15 minutes. That and more coming up on Inside Sports. Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. St. Louis's third-round pick, 82nd overall because of the Nail Yakupov trade. That would have been a second-round pick in 2018 if Yakupov scored 15 or more goals this season. Of course, he finished the season with three. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 6.54. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30, Ched. 11-2. 11-2. The White Sox leading the Blue Jays in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, U.S. Open four-way tie, seven under Casey Harmon, Fleetwood, and Kepka. Of course, that uh, we don't have a Oilers trade to tell you about. A lot of speculation that something could happen this weekend before tomorrow's roster freeze. We shall see. There was that big trade yesterday. Jonathan Druin going to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for uh, young defenseman Mikhail Sergachev, who's supposed to be pretty good. 
once he gets to the NHL. Druin commenting on the uh, pressure of playing in his hometown of Montreal. I, I think I will. Um, obviously, um, there's obviously that pressure of playing in Montreal. Um, everybody knows that. But for me as a player, um, I think, I, I think I'd, I'd rather have that pressure on myself and um, you know, some other places. But like I said, I'm a French Canadian and um, you know, I'm just I'm going to try with that pressure. I like that stuff. And uh, you know, I've played at the Bell Center many times as, as an away guy. And uh, just to be on the home side is going to be even better. You know, you got to hand it to Mark Bergevin. Last summer, he trades P.K. Subban, one of the best defensemen currently in the NHL, and now he trades Mikhail Sergachev, who is one of the best defensemen prospects to one day be excelling in the NHL. He goes to Tampa Bay. Curious to see how that one is going to work out. The uh, Oilers and Canadians identical record this season. Montreal was 7th, Oilers 8th on the tiebreaker. Of course, the Oilers lasted an extra round in the postseason. Jujar Kara scored his first goal in the NHL with the Edmonton Oilers in January. He's going to be our next guest on the show because he gets a two-year contract extension. Average annual value of $675,000. It is a one-way deal. Now, is this done so they protect Kara? Maybe someone else is left available? I know that's some speculation. You're going to know the protected list, by the way. Sunday morning, the NHL is scheduled to release the protected lists. And then Vegas will announce its team Wednesday at the awards in Vegas. Connor McDavid up for the Hart Trophy. Jujar Kara, when we get back, it's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.